Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Many passages in Scripture tell us of the profound cosmic disturbances that will precede our Lord's second coming. A few of them are Isaiah 13.10, Isaiah 34.4, Ezekiel 32.7 and 8, Joel 2, verse 30, 31, and chapter 4, verse 15, Haggai 2, verse 6, Zechariah 14, verse 6, and Revelation 6, 12 through 14. Now concerning the events of nature, Maybe you're familiar with Emmanuel Vilikoski's book, Worlds in Collision. In that book, we get an idea of what our world will be like in its description of what will happen if the heavenly body, if a heavenly body, uh, came close to the earth and caused it uh, to tilt on its axis by skewing the gravity uh, that we all live under each and every day. And this is something that is seen uh, to be in our future. This is what Vilikovsky says in his book. At that moment, an earthquake would make the earth shudder. Air and water would continue to move through inertia. Hurricanes would sweep the earth and the seas would rush over continents, carrying gravel and sand and marine animals and casting them on the land. Heat would be developed, rocks would melt, volcanoes would erupt, lava would flow from fissures in the ruptured ground and cover vast areas. Mountains would spring up from the plains and would travel and climb on the shoulders of other mountains, causing faults and rifts. Lakes would be tilted and emptied, rivers would change their beds, large land areas with all their inhabitants would slip under the sea, forests would burn and the hurricane and wild seas would wrest them from the ground on which they grew and pile them, branch and root in huge heaps. Seas would turn into deserts, their waters flowing away. Going on in our text, verse 27, we read, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. Things in those days will undoubtedly go from bad to worse. The earth and mankind will not recover this time. Our modern Babylon will fall much to the shock of those who had believed so intently in this world's system and had invested their lives in its future. Many have predicted the end of the world and have given dates that have come and gone. So-called messiahs have appeared on the scene only to disappear just as quickly. But when the end comes and the real messiah appears, there will be no doubt of his authenticity. The language throughout this passage is somewhat ambiguous but we get the point don't we and what we are told is just what we are meant to hear and just what we are meant to know and nothing more we need to understand that this is not meant to be a puzzle or a riddle to be further deciphered 
We aren't to get lost in the prophecy, conducting prophecy conferences, etc., etc. What we are told here is to motivate us, to motivate action on our part, not hyper-analytical study. The lowly Nazarene will return as the conquering king. But then again, he always was the conquering king. It's just that very few actually recognized him as such. All those who are redeemed during those years, the time after the rapture of the church, will be gathered together. For distance will no longer be an issue. Brother and sister from every language will stand side by side. Verse 29 we read, He told them a parable. See the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see it, and know by your own selves that summer is already near. Jesus uses the parable of the fig tree to present a vivid picture of predictability. One that we would all, throughout the generations, understand. Many an unbeliever has certainly naysayed the watchful hearts of Christians from the day Jesus physically left this earth. But we stand today in the light of the reality that he is indeed returning. And seeing the prophetic events unfold around us even today, we would have to be fools not to recognize clearly that the summer is near. Verse 31, Even so you also, when you see these things happening, know that God's kingdom is near. Most certainly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things are accomplished. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The warnings that are given in Scripture are so that we might pay attention to the signs so we will know when our exit is near. What are we looking for today in these prophecies? To know this information and to do nothing? Well, that would be simply foolish. The question in this passage is unavoidable. And that is, who is this, what is this generation, quote unquote? Now, some say that its meaning is the traditional one, one generation of a people. Yet, it cannot be the generation of the apostles, for they did not live to see the events that are herein described. Some understand it as an age, as an age of people, specifically the Jewish nation. Thus, the idea would be that the Jewish nation would not cease to be before these last day's occurrences. And then some understand this message to be addressed to those mentioned back in verse 31, those who would, quote, see these things, end quote. Therefore, that generation would see the beginning of these things, and that generation would then live to see the end of them. Yet the only catch in that theory is what exactly are all these things, quote unquote. For if the regathering of Israel in 1947 is part of these things, then we definitely need to know this morning that time is indeed short. In scripture, the fig tree is presented as a symbol or a type of the nation of Israel. The leaves have come forth in 1948 as Israel became a nation once again. And the nation of Israel certainly has had its ups and its downs since that day. Often it seemed they would be no more. 
No doubt that is part of the plan of Satan through the vehicles of modern-day anti-Semitism and the Holocaust and the persecution received from the Islamic ranks. For if Israel did indeed cease to exist, well, the prophecies of God would cease also. Our Lord is here in putting the period at the end of the sentence. The false prophets and the skeptics will come and go, but the word, well, the word will remain. All of this that we read, it will happen. You can take it to the bank. Verse 34 says, so be careful, or your hearts will be loaded down with carousing and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day will come on you suddenly, for it will come like a snare on all those who dwell on the surface of all the earth. Therefore be watchful all of the time, praying that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will happen and to stand before the Son of Man. So here in this brief passage, these few verses, we have the reason for all that he has said thus far, and that is two words, take heed, be careful. Not for others only, but for yourselves also. Be careful. Watch out that you don't become weighted down by the world, the cares of the world. That's his word. We might be indignant at the suggestion that, well, that we might be caught unaware. However, Christ himself sees it as a very real danger, so I wonder if we do. His choice of words seem quite important here. This danger, you see, will not come boldly in the front door, but rather it will be a snare, a trap, something we did not see nor expect. If we are not watching and living in expectation of his imminent return, well, we are in danger then that it will come upon us unexpectedly. We are to watch and pray. Will we be truly found worthy to stand before the Son of Man? How will he find you? Verse 37 of our text says, Every day Jesus was teaching in the temple, and every night he would go out and spend the night on the mountain that is called Olivet. All the people came early in the morning to him in the temple to hear him. It's interesting, what did Jesus do now with this precious little time he had left before the cross? Hide? Mope? No, he spent his time teaching. He spent it in church. He rested at night and apparently got up to do it all again the next day. He would be found righteous as he stood before his father. He would finish his course. He would fulfill his calling. Will we? That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.